autism or even epilepsy, you don't have to think of it as this horrible thing. And to also find a community, because I do think that's important. It can be really isolating if you're a special needs parent and you feel alone. So finding the community, you know, there's lots of them out there. I think there's a few positive and a few that I personally, like the epilepsy ones for me were not the ones I needed because a lot of it was hard to read just because it felt so much for the parents and the child. The autism communities I've found are really great. Few influencers on Instagram that have epilepsy and they're adults. And I think that's really great too, because you kind of see them thriving and living their life and being independent. And that gives you a lot of hope. Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we'll be discussing sibling dynamics and how parents with special needs children balance the other children in the household. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name is Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. Before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing our community's code. Naked Parent Nations, a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truths, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation, and we call it the answer to all of our prayers. So as we continue our journey, before we get to our guests and our conversation today, I encourage you to sit up straight with your spine erect and let your eyes just softly close and just take in the feeling of your body and the sounds within the room where you sit. We'll see if you can hear this music come in as you sit there quietly. With each breath, I inhale the energy of positive thoughts. I deserve to feel hopeful right now. 
I'm doing the best I can for my child. I love myself exactly as I am. I love my children exactly as they are. Heavenly Mother, Father, Friend, Great Spirit, Divine Consciousness, Wondrous Nature, and Saints of all religions. We come together as brothers and sisters on a similar quest to better understand ourselves, our divine calling, and how to be the best version of ourselves and parents for our children. We ask for the guidance and the ability to accept life on life's terms. May each listener feel an inner sense of peace and calm in our hearts today. May we feel love and spread love. Om, peace, amen. As you come back into the space and into the room, where you sit, just remember that you are enough. And on the show today, we have Chanel Harden. Chanel, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me. You said you're calling in from South Carolina. Is that correct? Yes, we are in South Carolina where it is now summer again. (laughs) Yay. And happy new year to you. Oh, thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. How was the holidays? Was it um, a great experience, stressful, all the above? Tell us a little bit about it. I feel very grateful because it was very exciting for them, the kids, and also because it was not stressful as it has been in the past. So we've kind of worked through some things, and um, Caden is the special needs child in our home. And he loves Christmas and he loves everything about Christmas, Santa Claus and all those things. So it's very fun for him and us, the magic of it all, and kind of seeing it through him a lot. And even his siblings, too, they like that. And so he's very excited about presents and all those things. And he does get overwhelmed, but his is more he gets quiet and then he kind of just doesn't want to he in the moment he wants to like open every single thing and play with it. But then he starts to like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of done. I'm going to go to my tablet. So (laughs) that's kind of where, and that's fine. We're good with that. And then we can go back to it. Nice. Can you tell us a little bit about your family makeup, maybe ages and just a little bit about you? So definitely I have a 13 year old daughter and then I have a 10 year old son and then I have Caden who is eight. And those were from a previous marriage. And Caden is the one that has autism and epilepsy. I have a two-year-old with my boyfriend now. So we have four kids and we both have a business. So we're work-at-home parents. And then we also homeschool them. So we are very busy all the time. <laughs> and we, Our house is a little bit crazy. We also have three cats and a dog and two gerbils and a lizard. So... A lot of the time, my family makes fun of me, like, you guys have a zoo over there, and it does feel like that, but it's a lot of fun, and I think at the end of the day, like, 
for all my kids, I want that. But especially for um, Caden, I think if we make him laugh every day, that's like a win in my book. And every parent wants their kids to just be happy all the time. So I think our craziness of our house sometimes is more stressful on us as the parents, not really the kids. They just have fun and love the craziness. I think that's a that's a great point. Can you take us back to when Caden was younger? Were there signs pointing to uh, autism and epilepsy early on or when did that start? So it's interesting because initially, no, I never thought anything like that. So the first time Caden has a, had a seizure, he was one and we were in the backyard and um, he was sick. He had been sick that week. And he just fell on the ground next to me and started having a seizure. And it was by far the scariest moment as a parent um, to experience. And I still like right now gives me goosebumps to think about because it's just so scary. And there was a bunch of neighbors outside and um, they ran to me and I called 911. And I remember not knowing what was happening. So, you know, I'm just praying like, God, please don't take him from me. Like whatever this is, please be with us. That was kind of the beginning of everything when we knew something was off, but he would rest for a couple days after the seizures. Cause then he started having them. They got closer and closer. So after that first one, he had one a year later, then he had one six months later, then three months, then three weeks, then three days. It was just, it just kind of escalated very quickly it wasn't until at way after our journey with epilepsy, because he ended up being hospitalized for a better part of a year, about six months, where the epilepsy just got so bad. It was what they call status, where they just couldn't stop the seizures. And they almost, he was in the ICU like three times. And they thought, you know, maybe we should intubate him to kind of protect his brain. And we just went through so much with that. And then finally, after we had been like to Mayo Clinic in Rochester and, and they couldn't figure it out, um, we ended up at Le Bonheur in Memphis, Tennessee. And within three days, the doctor kind of knew what to do. He was amazing. His name's Dr. Wheelis there. Mm. He saved him in three days. They, he was seizure free and he's been seizure free now for four years. So wow. that is when it kind of things started presenting themselves that was showing as delayed in learning and delayed in speech and delayed in these things. And then it was like, okay, there's something else going on here. So he actually did have genetic testing and he has a genetic mutation. And then he also has a brain malformation. So they know that was kind of like probably where the epilepsy like flurried and then the autism kind of showed itself. So probably it was always there, but I don't think as a parent, I saw the signs until after. And then doctors asked me specific questions, just different markers as far as like more about his appearance, but then also how he did things. And he was very particular and he did line up toys and those little things, but sometimes those are just things kids do. Mm-hmm. So I, in the time, I don't think I thought about that. Wow. I don't know a lot about anything really, but uh, <laughs> epilepsy is one of them. Is that something that is typical where a doctor's able to put seizures kind of by the wayside in this manner? So epilepsy and autism actually are very common together. 
which is really sad. I feel like there's not enough research done. I don't understand why we haven't spent a lot of time on that. Like, I'm so guilty of just saying, like, you know, we have all this greatest technology and iPhones and your phone can cut out shapes and do this and do that. Why haven't we spent time really studying the human brain more? Like, we don't know exactly what epilepsy, how it happens or what it does in the long term because it affects so many different people differently. And then it's like with autism, why do they go hand in hand? Why are genetic mutations connected to autism so heavily? Like, what is it? You know, and Caden's had extensive genetic testing and I have had genetic testing and they found out that I actually carry the same mutation gene that he has, but I don't have epilepsy or autism. Like, isn't that weird? It's just so many things. So we have all of our testing that we did for genetics, our blood and stuff and saliva. We did different things. They actually keep that in a bank right now and they're saving it because they know they said right now we can't go any further with what we have from you guys. But in 10 years from now, genetics will be more advanced. So maybe we'll know more about you guys. And I'm like, that's so interesting to me. <laughs> like, So you're going to save it because you can't do much more with it now or tell me more about us. But maybe 10 years from now, you can. So wow. that's kind of interesting. Yeah, very, very. Does Caden remember his seizures? No, he doesn't remember a lot of it. And, and this was the time, you know, he was between two and uh, four. So he doesn't remember a lot of that. He takes medicine five times a day. Oh, wow. So he takes five doses three times a day, but he doesn't really, you know, understand why, but I'm just grateful that he takes it because there's a lot of parents out there that have to give medicine and, you know, their kids don't want to take it and they fight them on it. And even specifically more for the autism, you know, Caden could take something to make him more calm. He does not stop moving most of the time when he had the epilepsy in the hospital, the medicine he was on, and he had so much medicine in his system that he was just gaining so much weight. And so when we came out of the hospital, he was like a different kid completely. And he was very heavy set. And he has now since like, he's the skinny kid. He just went from like wearing a size 12 to now he's like in a size eight, nine, because he's just so skinny and thin, but he doesn't stop moving either. So he eats and eats, but it doesn't matter when you're constantly moving like that. I wish I could do that. <laughs> Sit and watch a show and do uh, 10 or he does, I don't know, 50 jumping jacks. He'll just sit there. And I have to tell him, like, you've been moving constantly for an hour. You are sweating. Your cheeks are red. Like, you need to sit down and take a drink because wow. he just doesn't have that shut off. Like, most of us would be tired or get you're sweating like you're visibly labored breathing. He doesn't have that shut off. It is just like I'm moving and I'm excited because I'm watching something. So is the medication what is keeping the seizures in remission or? Yes, 100%. The medication is definitely what keeps him safe, what they call in the safe zone. We can go up in the dosing. And in fact, he has gone up in the last year. Initially, it was thought that because sometimes with autism, the epilepsy can be very infrequent because his was so bad. The thought was once we got him to a safe place and he had been seizure free for a year or two, that then we could kind of back down the medicine. 
But now we're at a spot where that's just not an option. It will be, he will always be on the medication. He still has seizure activity at night. They're just not visibly like outside where we can see them. Um, They're just in his brain. And I can kind of see those days. I know I can tell he's kind of tired and he gets irritable and cranky. and, And sometimes that frustration, you don't know, like, is it because he's not expressing what he needs or wants. We are very fortunate too that he's very verbal. So he talks and tells us whatever he's feeling most of the time, a lot of it's anger. Hmm. Do you live in fear of his seizures or do you have it been far enough? I don't live in that fear anymore. I used to a lot and it was very difficult to kind of manage that fear, but I don't live there anymore, but I do sometimes have those moments of, oh, he's in the bathtub. And what if he has a seizure? Like he could drown. Like we have to be there every minute. And I think that's any parents. It's a very hard balance. Like you have to give them some independence. They have to have some sense of normal, but at the same time, you want them to be safe all the time. So it's it that's every parent's battle <laughs> like safety versus independence and making your own way you know using the microwave or using a knife to cut something like those are skills that you want him to learn but is it safe you have um children at ages where i would imagine there's a lot of very different dynamics teenagers two-year-olds how do you does caden take up most of your time and energy? How do you spread your time with the other kids? Like, can you tell us a little bit about the dynamics and how you navigate? Yeah. So with, you know, the 13 year old, my daughter is very motherly. So she helps a lot. She's a huge help, which a lot of times I don't want her to help all the time. You know, you have, you try to like, you're the kid and I don't want you to have to be in that position. But at the same time, a lot of times I need her help. So she's really great about that. And her dynamic with him is very special. I would say they're, you know, they're really close. She understands his needs. She kind of sees when maybe he's going to get upset and she tries to head it off. So I think that's really cool that she is that way. She's amazing in her own right, but the type of sibling that she is, is pretty special. Carson is a little different. He's my son that's um, 10. He is a brother. To him, there was a time when right after the epilepsy, right after all that happened, that he was very gentle with Caden and very baby. Like, I'm protecting him. Like, this was very scary for Mm -hmm. them and traumatic. And then Caden, back then, Kate, the anger was very hard for Caden to control. So he would lash out and he would hit him or throw things. And it was a little bit rough during that time. And Carson was very much like when I would say, like, you're going to have to sit on timeout. And Car- oh, it's not his fault. It's his brain. Like he was like, recognize, like, it's not him. You know, he's not trying to do that, which I think was really neat that he could recognize that. But since the years have gone by, kind of like me, where I'm not as scared anymore and I don't live in that fear, Carson has gotten to that space too. And now he's just his brother. So he's going to pick on him and he's going to, you know, he says, 
he wants to play a game with him and he's like, nope, I don't want to play. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot easier now for him to kind of just treat him more like a normal brother and have that relationship. And they do play together and they have fun together. And sometimes they're best friends. And then the next day they're arch enemies. So I think that's pretty normal. And then the two-year-old, he is hilarious because he knows how to push everyone's buttons in the house <laughs> and he has learned cadence and Caden pushes his back too. So it's, he's the typical little brother. Like he wants everything that Caden has. So he wants all his toys and all his plushies. Um, Caden calls all his stuffed animals plushies and the cuddlies. He just wants them. The two-year-old's like, well, you have them. I want them. And not because I want them because I want to cuddle them, but because I'm going to throw them over the baby gate because it's fun. And then you get mad at me. And that's the reaction he wants. So Caden does, he screams sometimes the like, it, not bad, but just like, oh, why are you doing this? And Cameron kind of gets a kick out of that. So sometimes the dynamic is like, as a mom, I'm like, oh gosh, just stop. You guys need to get along. But I see where he just treats him like he normally would, like he doesn't see him any differently. Um, where I think in the beginning, the other two were older. So they kind of did and they did treat him differently. And they were so scared that that would happen again. So they kind of, and I'm guilty of it too, kind of gave in, gave him his way a lot. And, um, you know, there are breaking points, I think, for everyone. My daughter, not to call her out, but she had a breaking point one day and we were playing a game and Caden said he won and he didn't, but to kind of avoid that situation of like him having a meltdown, I was just like, okay, he won. And she was like, I'm done. I'm not playing. Like, you know, he always has to win. He always gets his way. And I was like, oh, it was a moment for me because she's always so mature. And so I guess the mom, mommy side of her, I wasn't expecting that. And she was right. I think sometimes the sibling dynamic of having a special needs child and the other kids aren't is that they do get their way a lot. And they do sometimes get what they want when they haven't really earned it. And I think that's really hard to balance sometimes. I agree. I have a 14 year old as I uh, sounds very familiar when you talk about your eldest daughter and we also had a moment and I kind of jumped on her and then stepped back and said, wow, wait, she's a 14 year old girl. Like it's because she was so mature and so these other ways. And it's like, no, she's just a kid. Um, yes. She's That's just the reflection that I had too. Cause initially I, I was like, you are 13. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And then I had that moment. Like you said, I stepped back, like, wait a minute, at the end of the day, she's still a kid. And sometimes life isn't fair and it does kind of stink over and over when you're told like, no, he won, he won, he gets his way, he gets what he wants. And, and I think that's where the doctors told me that too. his neurologist, you know, he has a team of like his neurologist and his epileptologist and they all say, treat him like a normal kid. I'm like, oh yeah, that's easy to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, easier said than done, but at the end of the day, yeah, they are just brother and sister and brother and brother. And, and I think that they should do that because for 
us and him being, you know, he's high functioning and things. I think that it's good for him to kind of have that too. It doesn't always have to be your way. You don't always win because that's not how games are played. You do have to wait your turn and that's just the way it is. And sometimes he can do it and sometimes he can't. That was a goal for us for a long time. Like, can we play Candyland and actually get around the board without him just moving the piece? And I won, I won, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the getting to those milestones, I think, and it was exciting to like sometimes go back and like, let's play a game and he can actually sit there and do it with us and join in on that. And same with movie night, you know, sometimes he wants to do family movie. Sometimes he doesn't. And I learned to pick those battles. Like, okay, you don't have to, that's fine. Yeah. You come across very grounded and calm and patient. How have you emotionally navigated this journey that I would have to imagine you weren't anticipating when you got pregnant for the first time? Um, I think that it helps when you have a good support system. You know, I feel fortunate. My family has always been really amazing. When all those things happened with Caden, they flew here one by one. So it wasn't like they were all here. It was like, you know, my grandma stayed for a few weeks and my mom stayed for a few weeks. My sister stayed a few, for a few weeks and everyone put their life on hold. And that was really amazing to have that kind of support system, especially too, because I would not leave the hospital. Like I wanted to stay with him all the time and people would bring me food and all those things. And to be honest, if people didn't bring me food during those times, I would not have eaten. I did not care about myself I just wanted to stay right there with him. And every time something would happen, I felt like the pain myself. I felt like I was just totally not able to think about me. I just was so focused on him. So I think having the support system, like, no, you need to eat. You need to take care of yourself. You need to still do these things. And I had a teacher actually tell me because my kids were, you know, going to school and I had all the family kind of taking them to and from school. A teacher told me, it's just like an airplane. Like you have to put your own oxygen mask on before you can help somebody else. And a lot of people think, well, no, because I have to put my kids oxygen mask on if something happened in a plane or, but no, because if you pass out, you are not able to help anyone and I think that was really important and that's kind of stuck with me for a long time. And I think too, like, I am guilty of this just this year, kind of letting, taking care of myself kind of go to the wayside again and being busy all the time and doing too many things. And then I feel like your health will actually, you'll start to have just things happen and then you're forced to take a break. You're mm -hmm. forced to rest. And that's the worst, you know, because then you feel like you have all this stuff going on around you. You need to do the laundry and you need to catch up on work and you need to do this. And now you don't have a choice. Like it's not your choice. You're laying in bed because mine was actually stomach ulcers. Mm. That's how it presented itself. So it was just like a realization to wake up. Like you need to do things that make you happy too. You need to slow down. You don't need to always be saying yes to everything. Like you can say, no, I can't do that commitment because it's too much or, you know, whatever it is, I think. And as parents emotionally, that's really difficult to 
put ourselves first because you always want to put your kids first, but you have to, you have to like slow down and take a breather and, and think about how you are actually doing. And, and I think even like, you know, exercise and eating, right. Those are like something that people say all the time, but it does make a difference. It really does. Totally. Have you taken any steps for yourself? Have you made certain time for yourself? Have you made self care in any form of priority for you? I actually do. And I started getting up earlier. I run to the chiropractor if that's what I need to do. Um, Sometimes that's like really great. My chiropractor actually does like uh, trigger points and like you get a massage after. So it's not just like crack your back and you're out (laughs) because I feel like sometimes that's not enough. Uh So it's nice to go there because it is a relaxing thing. And everyone's still sleeping. Like I get up super early. They see me right when their office opens. So I think sometimes parents say like, oh, I don't have time for that. Ask them, say, you know, like my schedule is really hectic and maybe they'll do that for you. He, They see me right when they open. I'm the first one usually. Um, and it works out perfectly. I can run down there, get it done, come back and everyone's just waking up. So it's not disrupting anyone else too. I think that's something that as a parent, you're trying to make sure everyone's taken care of. And if you feel like you're not there when you need to be, then it kind of puts stress on you. So that alleviated my stress a lot too. I get up early in the morning, I start work and do emails and different things while people are still sleeping. Cause I think that gives you a sense of peace. Like everyone's kind of resting and peacefully sleeping. So I can do all this without thinking about their needs right now. Did you have to navigate any depression or big consequences from just going diving all into your kids and their needs? I think I've had my biggest like issue as far as mental health it doesn't present itself more. It's not depression, I would say. Well, my friend and I have talked about this, actually. It could be high functioning depression, which I didn't know was a thing. But mine presents itself as anxiety. Mm. And I hate that because I can't control it sometimes. I think the anxiety originally, you know, started kind of when Caden had the epilepsy and it was the unknown. I think I was always a planner and I knew what I wanted to do. And I am very particular, like about how I set my goals and like I envision what my businesses will do and what I'm going to do in this many years. And I think with Caden, it kind of taught me that you can't always do that. There's not always going to be what you think will happen. You can definitely plan and and have goals. I'm not saying that because I do the same thing. But if there's things that disrupt that, it, it doesn't have to be earth shattering. It can, like Caden, for instance, like I said, it, it's kind of taught me like to live in the present and be thankful for each day and how it is. It's not, it doesn't have to be um, what's going to happen five years from now and 10 years from now. I have the same challenge and I think it's a real strength to be able to forecast and create vision and carry out your vision. And then it makes it challenging to be present for me sometimes. And so, yeah, 
I hear that. We do something, we do like a lightning round just so we can get some more of your opinions and thoughts and experiences where you give like a one word to one sentence answer to more questions. Are you up for it? Yeah, let's do it. And it seems like there's some kind of a delay on some of the the internet connection, but your sound is coming through great. So we'll just go based on that. Okay. Yeah, I can, uh, I can hear you good. Great. What's the best advice you have received? Um, definitely to the oxygen mask. Put yours on first. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? I love finding Cooper's voice. Kate is the mom. She wrote a book. A lot of people know about her and she has a Facebook group. So I love that. Awesome. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your personal well-being? I would definitely say spend more time doing something that I love doing. So currently I go with my daughter. She sees horses once a week. So I think that's something that I would like to. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite product that you use for yourself or your kids that you just love and couldn't live without? Um, well, for Caden, it would be his melatonin gummies because otherwise he wouldn't go to sleep. <laughs> yes, I second. I second that. <laughs> so just kind of like from what we've talked about or what's on your heart to the parents that are in Naked Parent Nation that are watching this show, what do you say to them? I would say autism or even epilepsy is not a diagnosis that is going to, I guess, you don't have to think of it as this horrible thing. I think Caden being autistic is just a part of him. He's funny. He has a great sense of humor. He's super smart. We laugh with him and have fun. So I think you have to look for those moments and know that it's going to be okay. And to also find a community, because I do think that's important. It can be really isolating if you're a special needs parent and you feel alone. So finding the community, you know, there's lots of them out there. I think there's a few positive and a few that I personally, like the epilepsy ones for me were not the ones I needed because a lot of it was hard to read just because you felt so, you know, felt so much for the parents and the child. Um, so that was more difficult for me, but the autism communities I've found are really great. And um, I have found a few influencers on Instagram that have epilepsy and they're adults. And I think that's really great too, because you kind of see them thriving and living their life and being independent. And that gives you a lot of hope. I agree. I think that's amazing. Are either of your businesses your that you and your boyfriend operate, are they businesses that you would share with Naked Parent Nation or are they not that kind of business? Oh, yes. So I own, it's called Paul Mat. So I grew up in the dog grooming industry and we make anti-fatigue mats for pets and pet professionals. So that's what we do. And yeah, they're really great anti-fatigue mats. And they also, we do have, I have a couple friends that have special needs kids actually. They use in the shower and the bathtub. And I use one in our bathtub for our two-year-old as well. So it's really, we love them for our floors, but that's what we do. And um, where do they find, where do we find out more about 
these anti-fatigue mats? You can go to our website. It's www.palmatpets.com. You can find me on Instagram. I'm cuddles and chaos or at cuddles and chaos on Instagram. And I share different things that we do. We do a lot of science stuff and Caden has a lot of different manipulatives that he likes and um, sensory stuff. So it's fun, but it's just for fun and us. I don't have like a lot of people on there. <laughs> awesome. If you want to, um, after the show, if you want to send us links to your website and your um, Instagram, we'll put it in the show notes for people that want to check out what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. And we're um, actually just starting a YouTube channel because Caden's always wanted to do that. And um, he's going to be opening toys and giving his opinion. So I thought it would be really fun along with his little brother. So we'll be doing that on our Instagram too. So hopefully people can come see and join that too. Cool. All right. Well, I'll look for those links and we're excited to check it out. I want to thank you for being on the show and sharing your journey I want to wish you and your family a wonderful 2023 and I hope you stay friends of the show and I'd love to touch base down the road and just kind of hear how the journey's unfolded. That sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. In closing, for those that want to listen, I'll read a vision for you and then the show will close. A vision for you. If life is challenging, if we're feeling sad and lonely, if we're feeling overwhelmed, Naked Parent Nation and the Naked Parent Podcast provides a framework for living that will allow us perspective shift, helping life become bright, wondrous, and joy-filled. We will see the path we've traveled can help other parents on a similar journey. No matter how dark life is today, we will be able to shed feelings of being a victim, feelings of loss, and come to accept and enjoy life exactly as it is. How we perceive our lives will change. We will come to understand that higher consciousness will allow us the life of our dreams and beyond. Are these promises realistic? We think they are. Parents in Naked Parent Nation are realizing these promises sometimes quickly and sometimes slowly. The vision will become your reality if you put it into work. Through self-care, meditation, love for our families, and divine consciousness, may we all build a life beyond our wildest dreams. Chanel, thanks again, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. This concludes our show for today, and I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.